The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. I'm Allison Langer, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story, and by art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we bring you a story by student Kim Costigan. Kim Costigan is a writer in Winthrop, Massachusetts, pursuing a master's degree in creative writing at Emerson College. She's also a star at karaoke. Oh my God, the dancing. She was at a retreat in December and like she had the best hip movements and you got to, I think there's a video on the website. So check it out. Cannot wait to do karaoke with Kim Costigan again. Amazing. It's so funny because she seems shy, but you just got to get a little music going and that woman busts open. Ooh, loved it. Yeah. Well, she's been writing with us for a few years now. And I remember when she came to class, do you remember? Mm -hmm. She was kind of buttoned up, a little bit reserved, (laughs) you know, like me, probably writing about her dog. Yep. Anyway, she's actually a really good example of somebody who started pretty green and practice her way to perfection because she was dedicated. Actually, she wrote an email that really kind of shows what being vulnerable and writing in a group and sharing has done for her. Before you read that, I want to say that, I I mean, some people say that you can't teach vulnerability or like you can't teach the heart part of what we're talking about when we say heart and art like getting to the truth, writing your vulnerability. But I think Kim Costigan shows us that you actually can with practice and writing and coming like coming to like first draft and just writing to a prompt over and over with a group. You, I've seen it so many times. Kim Costigan is a great example of just getting better and better at writing her truth. So yeah, let's hear the letter. She wrote us a letter. So it actually just came in today which I swear is is like, you know, she didn't know we were recording today. I hope Kim doesn't get pissy that we're sharing it. Kim, are you okay if we share it? Thanks, Kim. We're about to share it. <laughs> you and Andrea are my all-time favorite teachers, and I love meeting the other writers who join your classes. We almost always get each other in ways other people might not. Thank you for always providing a safe space for us to tell our stories. I think it's important work. Remember how fucked up it used to be when everyone hid the truth and pretended everything was okay? You guys are helping to change that. And I wrote back like, yeah, I remember. I remember when I was like busy, exhausted, hiding all my shit underneath the facade. It was exhausting. And her story that we're about to hear that you're going to hear after the break really does show a change when people used to pretend everything was okay. And a moment when that pretending stopped. 
So Kim wrote this story while at our December writing retreat in Key Largo. And this story, literally, this story made me love Kim a hundred times more. I'd already liked her. I didn't really know her that well. And then she came to the retreat and shared this. And I was like, fucking this girl is like a rock star. So what I want you to listen for when you listen to her story is, is what happens at the very end and how this story takes you on a journey and then gives you a very satisfying ending. So many times you read a whole story and at the end, you're like, what? And I'm pissed. I'm super pissed because now somebody's wasted my time that I've invested. And I'm like, they didn't do anything for me, but she really did satisfy me. And it shows how the narrator has been impacted by a situation in real time. So she didn't cop out and just kind of throw something out there that maybe didn't even have anything to do with the story. She's like, she showed us how the narrator changed, how the people in the story changed, like how things changed for her. Anyway, I just want to warn anybody out there who's listening with children that maybe this isn't the best thing to be listening to with your child um, right now. Maybe listen to it first and then see if it's appropriate. Back with Kim's story after the break. Hey, this is Allison, host of Writing Class Radio. I know there are many of you out there who don't have access to a writing group or someone to look over your essay or manuscript. If that's the case, I can help. I'm available to help you whip your essay into shape. I'll read through your draft, offer suggestions, line edits, and I'll spend time with you brainstorming for the best possible ending. But be prepared to answer the question, what is this story about? Because if you don't know, nobody knows. You know, sometimes it takes more than a bath or a long walk to figure this out. It takes a brutal editor who will tell you what works, what needs more explaining, and what needs to go. For more information, visit writingclassradio.com. Then email allison at writingclassradio.com. Use the code WCR and your first 15 minutes is free. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. We're back. This is Andrea Askowitz, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Up next is Kim Costigan reading her story, Rash Decisions. The rash first appeared just before I turned 12. We were heading to Vermont with plans to share a large ski chalet with another family for a week. My sister and I couldn't wait to wear our new matching pajamas and sleep in bunk beds, our first vacation ever. My mom's friend Kate had borrowed the chalet from her boss. Kate and her husband Larry's children were a little younger than me and my sister. We loved it when the two families got together for barbecues and parties. Larry and Dad spent time together as beer-guzzling drinking buddies. My father, the mean drunk, Larry, the loud drunk. That summer of 1977 was hot, but we barely noticed the humidity because we were so happy to be going on vacation. 
At the chalet, we shared dinners from the grill and floated along the current on inner tubes down a spring-fed river. On the fourth day, we decided to go on a hike. Kate's boss told her about a hike that we might all enjoy. He told her at the end of the trail, we'd find Shangri-La. He described flowing mountain streams, wildflowers, and a canopy of trees. On the day of the hike, Kate recommended I wear long sleeves and pants to keep bugs and burrs off. The temperature rose as we did. We climbed the barely marked rough trail and I regretted wearing such heavy clothes. I was sweating and growing more uncomfortable. We pushed aside overgrown branches and weeds and kept going toward the promised land. I just knew there would be fresh stream water to drink and we would soon be sitting under a shady tree. It couldn't be much longer. Our odyssey to paradise was near its end when I began to really itch. Any sign of a problem was covered up by my long sleeves. We finally arrived, but all we saw was tall, hay-like yellow grass. We looked around. Was this a shared delusion, or had we all been duped? There was no water, no flowers, no paradise, only a dry, grassy field, no stand of shade trees. Someone from the group asked if we should keep going, but no one had the energy or desire to walk any further and see if anything was beyond the barren, blazing field. We were all sweaty and tired. We headed back down the trail, back to the chalet, and back to reality. I was thirsty and hungry. Everyone was. The further back down the trail we walked, the more I scratched my forearms through my shirt. Finally, at the trailhead, I pushed up my sleeves and saw hundreds of small red bumps all over my arms. I showed my mother and Kate. They looked at my arms and agreed it was probably a heat rash. Calamine lotion would stop the itching. We arrived back at the chalet and I peeled my clothes off, hopping into a cool shower. Both arms and the backs of my legs were covered in itchy bumps and I couldn't help scratching. The more I scratched, the more they seemed to multiply. The rash was growing. My sister and I were experiencing our first real vacation and I didn't want the fun to end. I wasn't going to let a rash stop me from soaking up every moment. But we would have to leave early, not because of my rash, which seemed to be getting worse, but because of what happened on the last night there. My father and Larry behaved as expected, drinking nightly until they were drunk. Each night became louder and wilder than the one before. On the final evening, my father and Larry were drunk and arguing. My father wandered back to the bedroom he and my mother had occupied. He came back into the living room holding something in his hand. Look what I found, he said. He was waving a handgun he'd found in the closet. We all screamed. Put that away, Larry demanded, suddenly sober. My mother and Kate yelled at him to stop. Us kids all ran out of the room, crying and screaming. My mother begged him to put the gun away. My heart was pounding as I hid around the corner and I craned my neck to try to see what was happening. 
I was sure I'd hear a gunshot at any moment. Somehow, the other adults convinced my father to put the gun back and go to bed. The next morning, Kate told my mother we had to go. The fighting, the gun, the nonstop drunkenness was too much excitement for even the most hardened of dysfunctional families, even if they were good friends. My mother told us to pack quickly. We were going home. My father, still drunk from the night before, had a can of Schlitz for breakfast as we packed the car. My mother would have to drive. As soon as we drove away, they started fighting. Dad began with his usual name-calling. Bitch, cunt, stupid, fat, as my mother tried to focus on driving down the country road. The fighting escalated as she drove through the nearby city toward the highway back to Massachusetts. Suddenly, fists were flying. My father landed the first blow to the side of my mother's head. She tried to fight back, keeping one hand on the steering wheel. The car swerved with each attack. My sister and I were screaming in terror from the back, begging my father to stop. My father swung his foot over the driving console and onto my mother's foot, pressing his foot down on top of her foot, which was on the gas pedal. He pressed down hard. The car accelerated faster. It felt like he was trying to kill us all. The car jerked as my mother tried to pull her foot away from the pedal. She managed to pull the car over and shifted it into park. By chance or divine intervention, my mother had somehow pulled into the parking spaces in front of a police station. She threatened to go inside and report him. She convinced him that we had to get home and he had to let her drive. I was scratching my arms as I sobbed, adrenaline and overwhelming panic rushing through my body while I spent the rest of the miserable ride home keeping an eye on my father. I looked in the reflection of the rearview mirror and saw tears rolling down my mother's cheeks. She looked back at us and unconvincingly said, we'll be okay. I wanted to believe her, but I knew she was lying to herself and to us. My father passed out, and the rest of the long ride home was quiet. When we got home, my mother took me to the pediatrician. The doctor asked my mother if I had come across poison ivy, any new food, shellfish, any laundry detergent. Then she asked my mother if anything at home would cause me a lot of stress. I stared at my mother, waiting to see what she would say. Tears began to well in her eyes, and she said, Yes, there is. Wow. I am... I am sick. This story is so well written from the voice of a kid and what this narrator went through that I'm, it really hit me, you know, and we've, we've heard this story. It was workshopped at a, at our, at our, um, writing retreat in December of 2022. And so it's not like the first time I've heard it, but it feels like just hearing it out again. It's just really her voice, the whole thing. It's just, it's, brutal. It is. Yeah, it is. 
one thing that I love about it is the the through line. Like she never stopped bringing up the rash. It's weird because right, like we heard it in December, but this time I was like, wait, what is the rash about? I was wondering that throughout and the landing told us. So this isn't just a story about, I mean, this is a great example of the situation and the story, really. It's like this traumatic vacation happened and I got this rash, but what this rash really means is I've been dealing with so much stress at home. Damn the mom, cool, cool mom. What a badass, the way we see her driving and pulling into a police department. That was interesting. And then that she told the truth at the end. It's it's also just so effective the way she gives tiny details and there's tension. For me, the tension was there the whole time with this rash. Is that going to ruin her trip? But then we see, oh, it's not, but something else is. And then we see the gun and the drunk and the, you know, it was just a lot. And then they get in the car and there's like more tension. And now I feel like it's like very meta, like I'm living her life with her. So of course it's going to give her a rash. Very, very good show and tell. True. I thought from the very beginning, she, um, she sort of set up this, the way that you're saying it, tension, but she set up this beautiful vacation scenario, but mixed in with like the drinking buddies, mean drunk, loud drunk. Like there was this ominous foreshadowing, you know, like sunny, sunny day and something really bad is going to happen. She did that. She, I mean, the whole, like the way that she described the hike too, like they were all looking for this Shangri-La <laughs> and then it was horrible. Can't you just imagine a little kid also like wearing like jeans and a sweater or something and it's fucking hot and then not knowing how to deal with that? I felt her. Ugh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. Endings, your favorite part. It really is because we're reading this whole thing. We're in her life. We're in her story. We're in on the trip. We're in the car, the whole thing. And I'm like, why is she telling us the story? Same as what you were saying. Like, why are we hearing about this rash? And then at the end, when they're at the doctor, we're like, oh gosh, is the mom going to say, or is this going to be a secret that's ongoing? And this poor girl is going to be enduring, enduring, enduring. But the way it ends with the mom speaking up and saying that there is a problem at home. true. Gives us hope. Yeah. It was like someone saw through it. This doctor was really interesting because I wouldn't, that was surprising. I would think a doctor would just treat the rash. But this doctor took a step, like a big step, like stepped into their private lives. And this was 19, she told us, 1977. I mean, it's possible he had seen some sort of a pattern over the years, but didn't want to push and push, you know? And so maybe just asking the question and having somebody ask and somebody answer was, you know, and then I'm dying to know where, how this turns out, like what happens to this narrator after that is, you know, I want to read the whole book. Honestly, I know she's writing a book. Right. She's writing a book. She is. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's definitely, we're not going to let her get away with not 
because there is a book and there's so many people that will hear this and thank God I have to speak up. I'm really proud of the mother in that moment. Proud of the doctor. And I'm so proud of her for sharing. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Kim Costigan, for sharing your story. Really. You brought Allison down. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Super, super. Really amazing writing, amazing vulnerability. Just, you know, getting, having the nerve to share something this personal is fucking huge. And we're proud of you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us. Writing Class Radio is hosted by me, Allison Langer, and me, Andrea Askowitz. Audio production is by Matt Kundle, Evan Serminski, Chloe Imon Lane, and Aiden Glassy at the Sound Off Media Company. Theme music is by Justina Chandler. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including stories we study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. Join our writing community by following us on Patreon. If you want to write with us every week, you can join our first draft weekly writers group. You have the option to join me on Tuesdays, 12 to 1 Eastern time, or Eduardo Wink Thursdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You'll write to a prompt and share what you wrote. And if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, community activist, group that needs healing, or you just want your team to write better, we can help. Check out all the classes we offer on our website, writingclassradio.com. Join the community that comes together for instruction, an excuse to write, and most importantly, the support from other writers. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, The Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.